What's up, guys? This is the Video Game Podcast. Another video. different gamers. Video games. And gamers. Different. Different. Yeah. I'm Justin. Wait, who am I? You're Justin. I'm Justin. Okay. Yeah, dude. We're. Uh, we I think Justin. we. We nailed that intro. Yeah, we're not drunk, at least not yet. Yeah, um, I know, right? <laughs> welcome to another video game podcast. I'm Justin. And I'm Jordan. I already said welcome to another video game podcast. This is our... Oh, now I have to bleep myself. Oh, man, yeah. Yeah, yeah. let's just... Let, screw the intro. We're, we're hopping in. We're going into it. This episode will contain spoiler warnings for which game? Cyberpunk 2077. Cyberpunk 2077. It is a uh, hot topic even now as we record this. Uh, It's still in conversation of what happened, what went wrong, what went right. Um, If you don't know what Cyberpunk 2077 is, you're not a gamer, and why are you listening to our podcast? Um, Yeah, so... I'm going to need you to tell me what Cyberpunk 2077 is. I'm on this podcast. So <laughs> everyone is her- every gamer, I believe, has at least heard of Cyberpunk 2077. It was the biggest release um, that could have happened at the time. Uh, it was announced in... I have the notes. It was announced in May of 2012. Um, so it has been in the oven. Eight years ago. It was announced eight years ago. What year is it, Jordan? Nine years ago. Nine years ago. Nine years. Oh my God! It's twenty twenty one. Holy shit! Um, nine years ago, mm-hmm. this game nine was announced. Ago. So, yeah. it it's it it by by what we've talked about before, this game should be almost perfect. Right, it is perfect. Yeah, it's almost perfect. So here's the th- so uh, I want to clarify my from my point of view, uh, so people understand what kind of experience I had. I played Cyberpunk 2077 a few times, um, all the way through, and uh, I did it on a PC. I had a good time. I didn't have any problems. I had the occasional thing where graphics or textures won't load for the good, you know, 10, 15 seconds after I load in. But that's the only issue I had. I did not have any further issues. And that's that's pretty common as far as games go. Like when you first load in, where like all the textures aren't there right away. I mean, mm-hmm. even even the past couple CODs have been like that. Even like the really high quality ones have been like that. I mean, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, and it happens. But yeah, that that happened to me. And it's it's whatever. But uh, so uh, the story. Um, so it is a story game, but it is also a first person shooter. It's one of those. Um, at first it was actually announced it was going to be a third person game, uh, which I was super stoked for because I like third person. I like vanity and seeing my character's outfit and all that kind of stuff. Do you have the ability to choose like in the game? Can you switch between first and third? Oh, it's not like Skyrim or Fallout or GTA. Yeah. It's not like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's... 
It takes place obviously in the year 2077. You play uh, as one of three life choices. The you can start out as a nomad, um, which is uh, oh I should I should clarify the game takes place in the place called Night City, which is large corporation run, very much like a fantasized version of what our future could be like. You know, corporations run everything, they control the government and all this kind of stuff. And Night City is corrupt where the people or the people at the top are corrupt and the people at the bottom are stepped on and you know, classic story like that. But you started into one of three starting uh character types. Uh, a nomad, which uh, nomads are people that live outside of the city in the desert area. Um, it's supposed to look like California a little bit, and there's like the deserty areas, and so from, they live out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from your description, I'm kind of picturing like a futuristic New York City, but dropped where Las Vegas is. Kind of. Uh, yeah, how accurate more, is that? There's more like palm trees and stuff like that okay. like it's clearly supposed to be kind of california-esque okay okay um but yeah i mean it's, it's close enough uh then there uh so a nomad lives in the desert they live outside of the city kind of went on their own laws where uh they have their own families like clans almost they look like uh they dress like a biker gang would kind of more gearheads and uh uh, but they're they're very family oriented. Like once you join their group, you are a member of the family. Sons um, of Anarchy. Sons of Anarchy. Kinda, just less crime oriented. Okay, but Sons they, of Anarchy. Yeah, they're more like you know, stick it to the corporations. Fuck the corporations. Um, you can start as a street kid, which is inner city uh, as a mercenary. So you're doing crime for pay. Um, and it, the first mission you do in that is you uh, you are charged with stealing a very expensive car, um, and it goes wrong. And then there is the final one, which is what I started out as the first time I played through, which is what's called a corpo. Corpo is someone that works for the corporations. You are you do the corporation's dirty work, so you have access to the finer things. And this is where um, catch me there every time. That's that's right where I'd be corpo for life. Uh, I I liked the corpo. I actually liked the street kid better the second time I played through. It was actually a lot of fun. I never really did nomad because the nomad lifestyle never really appealed to me. Um, I think that one of the first things that went wrong. This is just like a, a tiny little sprinkle of the controversy. They built that you know choose your backstory thing super hard. They 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 played that the whole time like. Oh yeah, you're gonna choose your backstory. It's gonna have a huge impact on how who you interact with and how, how where you interact with them and how what your relationships like with them. It doesn't. It's about so. But their goal was to have three, basically three separate games all take place in the same map. Is what I'm understanding. That was their goal. Whether or not that actually happened is aside the point. Would you agree with that? No, it was supposed to be one story, but it's like. Let's say a NPC, like one of your missions in the main mission is like, oh, we're going to meet this guy that knows some information. He works on the streets and he knows all the ins and outs. Well, if you're a street kid, maybe you already know him. 
and he has a better relationship with you. But if you're a corpo, maybe he threatens you and he doesn't trust you as much and you have to. I'm tracking. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Yep. And so it, it has pinches of that, but not nearly as much as what we were told it did have. If first of all, your intro mission is about 10 minutes long and then you immediately get played a cinematic that is the exact same no matter which one you play which one you play as and your story is just the same from there your story is exactly the same no matter what you choose the only difference is and this is doesn't even make any difference in gameplay whatsoever is let's say I'm like when I first played a corpo I was interrogating someone that was in, that was also a corpo and uh I said uh, or you had the option because you were a corpo, like, you know, I understand how the corporations work and you did this and that and that and this just for this goal because that's how corporations work, where you wouldn't have access to that dialogue if you were a street kid because you didn't understand how corporations worked. That being said, literally nothing changed. Maybe one sentence of dialogue was different, but you there was no different information that didn't give you anything there was no bonus to be had. It's just little flavors. But So it, they already fucked up the marketing. Like, from the beginning. Marketed the game to be something that it's not. Which, I mean, like I feel like that's what we're going to spend the majority of this episode talking about. Is, like, all the different controversies around the game. Although, that being said... Yes, yeah, tons of controversy. I watched some, like, couple minutes of gameplay before this. I'm intrigued. It seems like it would be fun. It seems like very GTA-ish, like a GTA story is kind of what I got from it. Seems very interesting. I might grab it if it's ever on sale on like the the Steam store or something like that. I'm definitely not going to pay $60 for it, knowing the fucking garbage that came out by CD Projekt Red, but I'll pay them $20, you know? At the end of this episode, I will answer, in my opinion, is Cyberpunk a good game? We'll do that at the end. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But the the overarching of the story from here on, I'll just kind of give you the Cliff Notes version. I won't introduce you to every character or anything. So you, no matter which road you choose, you end up becoming a mercenary. No matter what. Just like a low-level street mercenary. You are hired to break into the biggest corporation's headquarters and steal a data file. That mission goes wrong. You have to... you And everyone in this world has a really, really unique way of getting information. You can, like, for example, jack into things. Like, if I want to go into a computer, there's a wire that's embedded in everyone's arm that you pull out and plug into that computer, and it downloads files into your brain. Neuralink, anyone? Neuralink? Come on. That's, that's exactly what it is. And there's even yeah. another, another thing so where you can get chips, like this one was... And you can just implant it into your neck and in like in a little SD card, <laughs> just right into your neck. And then like, that's how like, I remember before the heist, they were like, yeah. here are the blueprints of the building. And then you just <laughs> boom, right in your neck and you can see them. And I sounds was, like, sounds like, like altered carbons stacks meets Neuralink. Like if you were to combine those two ideas. Oh, it's so cool. I was really intrigued by that idea. Um, and we'll get into like the body modification stuff later okay. but when we talk about gameplay. But uh, th- that mission goes wrong, and you are forced to implant a chip into your, your neck. Um, and 
there then you wake up uh after, or you you try to get patched up and everything and you find out that you wake up and you just see um or I'm, I'm trying to remember the exact turn of events but basically that chip has the quote-unquote soul of a person uh from back in the day that was a rock star who was super rebellious to the corporations and actually like had war on them and and stuff like that like broke into their facilities blew up stuff and uh that man is called johnny silverhand who is played by keanu reeves a beautiful majestic man a gorgeous man um kind of gay for keanu reeves uh who isn't seriously like who isn't i mean come on who's breathtaking (laughs) i know (laughs) Um, but he, uh, so only you can see him though. He can talk to you and he can see you. You can't, you can see him. No one else can see him. He's in your brain. And, uh, one of the plot hooks is that you go to what are called Ripper docs, um, which is the doctor basically. And he tells you that chip, it can't be taken out without killing you and destroying the file. And, it's also that personality chip, that soul chip, we'll call it, is ta- slowly taking over your body. And eventually you will be the voice in the head and Johnny Silverham will completely take over your body. Yo, and that's he, interesting. He starts out as a dick. Like, he tries to really? kill you. He, like, tries to he tries to kill you straight up. First thing what he does. asshole. Oh, he's an amazing character. He's my, <laughs> he's the best part of the game. Okay. What, what was my, oh, my favorite quote of the whole thing was he was just like, uh, it was later down the line where you get along with him. He goes, you're a lot like me now, minus the charisma and the exceptional cock. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's Keanu Reeves. Yeah, but I mean, me, me and Keanu do have that in common. I'm just throwing that out there. Shut up. <laughs> um, no, you don't. Uh, you have you. I don't know about your cock, but you sure lack charisma. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but oh my god, that's they, mean. <laughs> there's actually. <laughs> There's actually a headline that I watched that I really liked. Uh, Whoa, nice cock. Nice cock. Uh, so <laughs> Ke- Ke- <laughs> CD Projekt Red had to come out with a statement telling people to stop making Keanu Reeves' character a- as a, uh, a prostitute I- in cyberpunk. Because people kept making mods to have sex with Keanu Reeves. <laughs> They were like, we have prostitutes in there, we get it, but the, this is a real person who lend us their likeness. This is not cool. <laughs> I mean, he had to have known that that was going to happen. Come on. Come I'm sure on. he doesn't even care. I'm yeah, sure he he's probably know. like, yeah, that's pretty accurate. I do have a nice cock. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, and, uh. There are multiple endings. There, I think there are five different endings. One of them is very secret, um, which is really cool. But is it? Is there like? Is there like? Is it kind of like Bander? Do you ever watch Bandersnatch on Netflix, where there's a ton of different endings and you have to like make choices throughout the TV show? And at one point, you can even get the main character to, like, interact with you, the viewer. It's really trippy. But 
there's like five alternate endings but my point is is there one that's like the quote-unquote best ending that you can hope for which in bandersnatch was with like the main character killing himself but his game is incredible but is there is there like a best case scenario or are they all just equally kind of kind of there it all depends on your point of view like you can side with different people you can side with the corporations you can side with the nomads you can side with more of the the streets uh you can side with purely Johnny Silverhand you can just kill yourself in the end and say fuck it um which is that's a nice the, little that's, touch that's the worst ending um that's a nice sure, little touch no one wins <laughs> um the best ending in my personal opinion is the hardest one to get so you actually have a uh, unmarked friendship meter with Johnny Silverhand and the choices you make throughout the game and how you treat him uh, can affect his personality toward you and at the end if you have done everything correctly maxed out everything made all the right choices when he asks you how do you want to finish this game basically he, he asks you like how do you want to handle this final mission which is breaking back into that headquarters um, if you don't select anything for five minutes he'll say you know, I, I, I get it. You're having a hard time choosing. If you want, we can do this with no one's help. It'll be a suicide mission, but we can. it's worth a shot. And you can choose that route instead. Because no matter what, basically all the other endings are like people you care about along the way can neither can join you, but a lot of them sacrifice their lives for you. Um, and this one, you just go in solo, guns a-blazing. And uh, it's the hardest route, hands down, and you can't save along the way. So if you die, you're done. And so it's like you got one shot, and uh, it is tough, and it is Mm -hmm. very rewarding when you do it. See, now I'm interested. I felt like Cyberpunk, like all the ads that I remember seeing for the game uh, before it came out, none of them... I never understood the story at any point or what was supposed to happen. I felt like if they had done a better job, like, uh, I don't know who the fuck was marketing this game, but they really fucked up. Like, if they had just talked about the story a lot more and just been honest about all the issues that it had on last-gen consoles, I mean... I, I don't know. I think this situation could have been salvaged, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I heard nothing about the story. This is me hearing about the story for the first time, and that sounds really, really interesting. Well, they didn't want to give away a lot of the plot points. I actually think... See, the thing is, CD Projekt Red had most RPG gamers complete trust. It, like, I remember being in conversations when people are like, oh, Ubisoft's going to hell, Bethesda's going to hell. I would be like, yeah, well, at least we got, we still got people that got our back, like CD Projekt Red. And because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they came out with the Witcher games and the yeah, Witcher 3 out. is one of the best RPGs of all time. Um, huh. And I don't even think that's debatable. Um, and, uh, but I, I think that this sullied the reputation so badly because... Basically, developers came out after the game launched and were like, yeah, we knew it wasn't ready. We told all the higher-ups, it's not ready. And it's not like CD Projekt Red is under EA or under anyone else. It's CD Projekt Red is CD Projekt Red. And uh, they were like, yeah, it's not ready. And, so uh, what when you say not ready, explain to me more like what were some of the bigger issues that the game had? 
the glitches were unbelievable. I, I expect glitches whenever I get a new AAA game, and it's fine. I understand day one patches are a thing, but these were ridiculous, especially on the PS4 and Xbox One, the base ones. So if mm-hmm. you had like an Xbox uh, Xbox One. S or if you had a uh, PS4 P- Pro, PS4 Pro, you're going to be fine for the most mm-hmm. part. Um, and but the amount of people on the streets were significantly lower. There was constant glitching. Like you, you saw some of the glitches. You know, I the, the pathfinding was terrible. The driving was ter- it had horrible glitches. Things were not loading until way later, and they would load in and kill you. And it was just it was borderline unplayable. From mm-hmm. a lot of people, um, my wife played it on a PS4 Slim, um, and she had some a lot of problems. And the definitely mm-hmm. didn't look as pretty as mine did on the PC. And I don't have a crazy graphics card either. I have a 1660 Ti. It's nothing insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and sh- hers definitely had problems, but she didn't have. Um, it wasn't unplayable. But I have yeah. seen plenty of plenty of plenty of people that. It was unplayable with the amount of glitches that they had. And so in response, CD Projekt Red actually had to put out a response saying, we will accept all refunds for our game. Um, Again, I remember that too. And I remember when when they said that, I remember a whole bunch of other articles came out where like Walmart didn't agree to that. GameStop didn't agree to that. Like, the the places that sold the physical copies, I mean, yeah, I'm sure they have some sort of return policy, but they didn't agree with that, with CD Projekt Red. Well, they they uh, they basically said in their post, like, try to return it where you could, and if they won't let you, contact CD Projekt Red support, and we'll refund you. Um, and, uh, yeah, a lot of people were very pissed. There are multiple lawsuits out uh, for CD Projekt Red right now for false advertising because they basically released an incomplete game. And uh, the uh, PlayStation, for example, mm-hmm. took it down. It's I remember, not on yeah. their store. Yeah, you can't buy it on their store. Okay. It, it's so bad that they were that they said, even though they could still make money on it, PlayStation mm-hmm. just said, we're not going to sell it until you fix it. Damn. And uh, it was so bad. It's what It was one of the most hyped. It was the most hyped game. And mm-hmm. it was the biggest letdown in terms of the performance. I think deep down, there's a really good game in there. And I think that, I personally think it is a good game. I enjoyed mm-hmm. the heck out of it. That being said. How long not, is it? You can... You can play the game with all the side content for 200 plus hours. Ignoring the, side content. Yeah. Just main story. I can blaze through it in a day. Okay. So which pro- is upsetting. Yeah. Probably 10 to 16 hours. I'd say about like t- 20 if you're okay. blazing through 20 okay. hours roughly. Um, yeah. I I got to the point where I, I could I knew everything was enough and the gameplay was easy enough that I could do it um, in about a day. And mm-hmm. uh that stinks. I was really hoping for more. That's the thing. I played it. I played two full playthroughs, and then I made a couple of other side characters to see what the other intros were like and stuff. And uh, I never felt like I had to go back um, for the other side stuff. I mm-hmm. I uninstalled it now. Like if you ask me, like Skyrim when that came out, I was playing that every day for over a year. Um, 
and uh, a lot of games I expect to play it for a long time. I expect to play it for a ton of time, especially with a game like that with with promise of that size. Do you think that so they fix all the patches in a perfect world? All the patches get fixed, and they come out with DLC content that is free or mostly free. In the sense of, like, there's more story, but if you want, like, certain skins or something. Like, do you think the... Basically, my question is, do you think the game can be salvaged? I think a lot of the damage is done. There are plenty of people now that have written off CD Projekt Red and say, F you, CD Projekt Red, I'm done. You screw your company. And so I think the damage is done. I don't think they'll ever be able to fully recover. I'll play the heck out of the DLC, sure. Um, And... I, I think it could. Ha- I think it will have a following, um, but I think the damage is done for a lot of longtime CD Projekt Red fans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that definitely makes a lot of sense. I I got to be honest. I mean, I was interested, and I'm still interested. I but I mean, I'm definitely definitely never going to pay full price for the game. Like that's not going to. I'm not going to pay sixty dollars for that game. I think. Just, with, with yeah, what do you feet. think it's worth? I think with your PC, I think uh, I would pay 40 bucks for it. I think you yeah. would have a good time. Um, I really do. Uh, I think you would like the story. I don't think you'd probably do a ton of the side stuff, but it's like kind of like GTA. you know. Yeah. Is there any the, online content? Not yet. They talked about how okay. they were going to implement some multiplayer. Okay. Okay. Um, so I want to move on to that question that I asked you now. What would you have done if you were the CEO of CD Projekt Red? So you have this game. It's already been delayed four times or however fucking many times it's been delayed. You have developers telling you it's not done, but you already have consumers who have given you money in terms of pre-orders. And you have um, shareholders who are not only expecting, but deserve a return on their investment. You're the CEO, you have a magic wand, wave it and tell me what you do. I really can't from a CEO's perspective because I'm not a CEO, I've never been a CEO. I don't understand the pressure that it would that it would have. I'm sure there's a ton of pressure to have released that game. As a consumer, if I still had that same magic wand, I would have kept it in the oven for a little bit longer. I would have I wouldn't really have changed the story any. Um, I think the story was fine. There was a lot of side content and side characters that I thought were really charming. Um, and it was a fine game. Um, and uh, it just wasn't it wasn't my Witcher. It wasn't my Skyrim where I can play for hours on end and still find the magic in it. Um, which is okay. I don't expect that from every game. It's like Doom. Like I played Doom. I beat it and I was good. Both I was the like, Dooms are great. Like the newer ones, yeah. We'll probably do an episode that's about both those games. Yeah, uh, 100%. Those games, too, Okay, I'm going to get off topic. I'm going to get off topic. Can I go ahead and tell you what I think would have been appropriate for what what should have happened for CD Projekt Red? Now, again, I'm not an expert either. That being said, I do have a business management degree, but I'm not an expert by any means. This is what I think would have been appropriate was tell the consumers like just be like hey this game is not quite finished all right but i need to release it in 2020 we have to record a profit in 2020 i think i think had they just come out with some sort of statement that was honest about the situation 
and been like, this game is not done, but we need to release it. So we're releasing it. Here are the pat like, and they they had the nice little touch with the pathway of patches. Like we're gonna have a major patch in January. We're gonna have a major patch in February. But I think if they had just been honest about the situation from up front, I think I I think we the consumer value honesty way more than we value like like pretty graphics or you know a game that's perfect. Like if you're just honest, be like, hey, we're still working on it. We know. But here you go. What do you think about that? I think you're... You got good in there. But I think instead... Like, where my magic wand would be... I'm going to try to prevent this fire from happening. Your your approach is more of a... I'm going to prepare for this fire that is happening. um, Rather than preventing the fire as a total. Like, you're just advising the population. Like, hey, there's going to be a fire. Um, And... I think that that would have worked if it wasn't such a hyped game. Um, it's there was a ton of hype. Like I said, it was announced in 20, 2012. and uh, from the makers of The Witcher, people have been following that story. That the story of every little bit of cyberpunk they've been looking at. Uh, like crazy fans have just been digging for news on cyberpunk yeah. for years and years and years and years. And when it finally got released, I don't think I think no matter what a CEO would have said, there would have been a, a disaster on their hands. I think yeah, that like a public yeah, outcry. Yeah, I think what you said would have been just like getting a little bit of a head start on the on the control. The shit show that was coming. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. You know, I that being said, I will probably play Cyberpunk at some point. I generally ask for like Steam gift cards for Christmas or my birthday, and I'll I'll, I'll give it a shot. And hopefully, that by that point in time, the game will be good and the game will be put together. Um, I but thought were, I thought you were about to ask our fans for a Steam gift cards, and I was like, what? Are you doing? <laughs> no, 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 no. But I mean. You know, no. if you want to. <laughs> we don't ask for money until we get a Patreon. <laughs> Those are the rules. Oh, man, that's funny. That's funny. Um, You know, you have this one question in our list, and it's just, would Jordan like it? And that's all you put. Yeah. What do you think? Um, Real quick on that note, I, I, was, I was thinking of a joke in my head of like, we're not gonna. We don't ask anything of our subscribe of, of our of our viewers, we, of our listeners. They're good people. We don't need to ask anything. We need to provide a service. And if you guys agree with me, like, comment, share, subscribe. <laughs> like, comment, share, and subscribe. <laughs> it's free. Ring the bell. <laughs> oh man, oh man. Um, would you like it? Yeah. Would I like it? I mean, yeah. from what I yeah. From what I've seen, I think I would enjoy it. Maybe, uh, I, I don't think it would be my favorite game, but I think I would enjoy it. I think you would enjoy it for different reasons than I enjoy it. I don't think you'd love it for the characters. I think you'd like it for the gameplay. The gameplay is a ton of fun, mm-hmm. which okay. we'll talk about. We'll just segue into that. But um, the gameplay is a ton of fun, and I think you'd have a lot of fun just being a murder hobo and running around and killing people. <laughs> murder hobo. Yeah, I mean, talk to me about the gameplay, because like, I feel like we've spent the first majority of this podcast just shitting on it, 
I mean, tell me what's really good. Tell me about the gameplay. You said it's good. So there are three main pathways. There's a uh, more of a, a combative role. Um, and there is hacking, and there is uh, more of a stealth role. Um, you you get different uh, a, a traits to yourself that you can level up, such as your intelligence, your uh, your strength, your hacking abilities, and your crafting abilities, stuff like that. Um, and like what I really liked about the game, so a lot of games, a lot of RPGs, no matter how strong you are, you still have to lock pick a door open. Well, in this game, if you have a high enough strength, you can just tear that shit open. You can just rip apart that That's door. That's awesome. Which I That's love. Awesome. Um, the gunplay is a ton of fun. Uh, I so I was kind of weird. I used a controller for all of my whenever I was driving, and then immediately just switched to keyboard and mouse when I was fighting. There's a lot of games where I do that. I do that when I play Battlefield. Whenever I'm in a vehicle, I pick up the controller, and then if I'm on foot, mouse and key. There you go. Yeah, and uh, there you know there's snipers and pistols. There are a ton of different uh, gun variations out there. What is really neat is you can get one gun and add mods to it, and it can be it can be your gun for the entire game. It's not Ooh, like so. There's gun mods. There's gun mods, and also like you can have like incendiary ammo and just level up the 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 parts on that gun in general. Um, it's really hard to do, honestly. And I just I thought it was a little bit better just to get money through multiple money glitches that I found, and uh, <laughs> and just buy a really good gun and upgrade it from there. Um, yeah. and that's usually how most people play unless you have a really high crafting level because crafting you have to level up in order to be able to do that stuff um but then there are also different traits and there, there are melee weapons too which are not bad weirdly enough it's a first person shooter with decent melee i saw a video where it was a dude using dildos <laughs> as, no. as as melee weapons yeah it might have been a glitch it was probably a mod mm, a mod okay yeah yeah, yeah. yeah but um there's not any dildos that I found. If you found a dildo that you can use as a weapon in Cyberpunk 2077, can you let me know? Um, but <laughs> yeah, uh, just let us know in the comments. Yeah, comment or on Twitter, Twitter at AVP Casting. Um, <laughs> but there, the melee that I found the best, which was extremely effective, the, you can do body modification in this game. Um, it's a, it's in this world. Body modification is the norm, and uh, it's weird if you don't have some sort of cybernetic implant. Um, and the and a lot of like the quote unquote celebrities of this game of this game, like there's a pop star who her entire body is gold, like her whole body. They basically moved. She Whoa. kept upgrading to the point where it's just her brain, and uh, she has like a conflict with that, and. Uh, there, there's a, uh, but anyways, you can there the the best combat for my in my opinion when I did another my second playthrough, so I had a really good AR, I had a really good shotgun and a really good pistol, but for my fourth weapon, I had what are called mantis blades. This is the most popular kind of poster child melee weapon on the cyberpunk, where um, like while I talk about it, Jordan, go ahead and on your other screen look up cyberpunk mantis blades. Basically, they are giant blades that look like praying mantis arms that pop out of your arms. 
and you can use them to pounce on people and just tear people apart. Um, and there's a uh, there's another mod that you can get for your legs, which allows you to double jump. And though that combo made me unstoppable, just running everywhere, tearing people apart, being able to jump to the balcony, lunge at someone, stab these them the blades chest. look gnarly. Oh, they so look cool. so sick. What? That's crazy. And I I see ones that are like there's a whole bunch of different variations of them, like mm-hmm. electric ones, there's fire ones. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, they were really cool. And what's really nice too is if you go into an area where they take away your weapons, you still have those. Um so uh, you Yeah, cuz like, it's a mod. They can't take away your arm. Yeah, exactly. It's a cybernetic, so you they can't take that away. And it's not just the mantis blades that are really cool. You can get instead of mantis blades, you can have like an arm cannon that launches grenades um and stuff like that and there's another one that's really cool that's like a giant wire will come out of your hand and you can use like strangle enemies um (laughs) that's awesome it's neat it is really cool and the 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 other gameplay style that i think is really cool not really self-explanatory is the hacking way you can download hacks um you can purchase them and uh you can use so many hack points that you have for the module that you have in your brain Mm-hmm. which you can upgrade um and you can make a, a enemy go blind for a certain amount of time you can make them uh short circuit their weapons so basically you can hack other people's cybernetics and since cybernetics is the norm it's very easy to do with almost everyone that's awesome yeah like everyone's eyes are usually cybernetic your eyes are cybernetic so you can just mm-hmm. short circuit them and make them go blind or make their head explode mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh you can also hack cameras and turrets and all that kind of stuff what the missions that i liked the best are where you were placed outside of a quote-unquote enemy fort or something like that a place controlled by all the enemies and you can just go around silently with your double jump which is again super helpful i don't think i could imagine not having double jump um you can just go around and hack all the turrets and then you and kill a couple guards along the way and basically making the entire fortress your bitch. That's that, awesome. It's a lot of fun. So yeah. you can you can go in guns blazing as a mindless idiot with low intelligence and just go bursting in or you can uh or you can stealth your way through and hack everything um and be really strategic about it. Um, so you can really play the game your way. And there are some areas that you can't do certain things the easy way because you didn't level up your X skill. So um, a good example of this for me, I remember I had to break into this fortress and free up and free this guy that I was trying to save that was captured. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I got into this fortress. You have to go all the way back and into the basement of this fortress. And I went through and I stealthed through and I didn't even get a single guy to look at me. I didn't kill anyone. And I was like, ooh, I'm sneaky. Um, and I figured it's a big place. They're always going to have that thing where at the end of it you can go out the secret tunnel or whatever. Like most games do. And sure enough, I got the guy up and he was like, there's a secret hatch over on the right. Let's go. And I was like, oh, yeah, let's go. And I went over there and the door was like, you must have this high of intelligence in order to leave this way. And I didn't have that. And I was like, 
Well, uh, shoot, now I gotta go back the other way and blow up everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and I wasn't prepared. I was not prepared for that mission. I had, like, a silent pistol on me, and it was a shit show. And yeah. so it's stuff like that that I really enjoyed. Yeah, I mean, that seems very interesting. Um, how long do you think until the game is playable? I don't know. Mainly because yeah. I'm not looking at news in, on it anymore. It could be playable yeah. now, um, but... I don't play it on play it PS4, or Xbox One. I don't play it at all anymore until they come out with DLC. Just because I had my fun and now I'm done. Yep, ready to move on. Yeah, all don't, right. Don't get Cyberpunk if you're expecting hundreds and hundreds of hours to keep you enthralled. At least that wasn't it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, I did a lot of side missions just to level up, and once I got really OP, then I kind of just stopped. Um, I. I think we have become spoiled in terms of what we expect from a video game Uh, just a little bit because if you think about like some of the biggest games of all time aka Call of Duty or GTA extremely replayable extremely like like you could play a game for hours and hours and hours and hours on end and still not do everything or have everything um but like while doom was great for me like i'm just not going to go back and play it again you know and i feel like for whatever reason that taints the memory of the game for me in my mind because it's like i spent this much money on doom i don't think doom was actually 60 dollars. i don't think they were i think it was like a 40 dollar game but like or I can spend $60 on COD and be thoroughly entertained for a whole year. You see what I'm trying to get at here? Like, I feel like we've become a little spoiled almost. What do you think? I think that's a gamer, like, individual gamer perspective. Like, yeah. for me, I I played through Doom and I beat it. And I thought to myself, I got my money's worth. Like, that was a ton of fun. And... I like Doom better than I will ever like Call of Duty. Even though there's more replayability to Call of Duty, a.k.a. just multiplayer, I thought that Doom was better. Just for me, you know, as a story-based player. And And Doom's multiplayer is really fun. Like, have you ever played it? It's a blast. Yeah, I have. But, like, I definitely think there's a difference between a competitive shooter like yourself and a RPG player like me. In, in terms of what we expect from a game. Like, I don't expect replayability and endless fun until they promise it. Like, Doom never came off as a game that was like, you know, this is this is going to give you hundreds of hours of fun. You can replay it a bunch of times. There's different endings. No, it's, it's a linear game that has multiplayer as an option. I did not buy it ever intending to do multiplayer. I did it a couple times. It was really fun, but I think it was the story and... The monsters that I fought that I really enjoyed, and then I was I was extremely satisfied, and I would do it all over again. I would have I would absolutely pay sixty dollars for that game and play it once and never touch it again. It's like why would you order a pizza when you can get a bunch of ingredients for the same price and have like four meals for the next four days? You know what I mean? It's like no, because you want that fucking pizza. Yeah, no, I guess that makes sense. I don't know, but I I think maybe you saying that kind of proves that i'm right like there's a branch of us gamers who have become fucking spoiled little shits and don't know when to be happy with a game you know what i mean like 
like I, I definitely feel like there's a lot of us that exist and have to remember like I don't know, these games can be extremely difficult to make, take a really long time, a ton of money and a ton of effort, and we play it for twelve hours, sixteen hours, twenty hours, however long the game is, and then never touch it again. Like oh man, I I think it's because I'm expecting a service. And you not are. just a standalone game anymore. I think I think my preferences from games have has switched. When I spend money on a game, I expect not just one game. I expect a service at this point. Um But it's weird. I guess it really depends on the game though, because like if I purchase Spider Man, I'm not expecting that. Here's what I say. I say it depends on what you are promised on whether or not you're satisfied. I wouldn't say we're necessarily spoiled. For example, with Call of Duty, you are promised that service. You are promised constant updates of new maps and battle passes and uh you are but also fundamentally you are air promised, you know, airtight shooting mechanics and uh and you know a smooth a smooth gameplay and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like Call of Duty delivers that. They don't promise a phenomenal story. They say like we're gonna have a campaign. But they don't say like, oh, this campaign's gonna rock your socks off, best campaign ever. No, they're like they, their focus is the multiplayer. Yeah, their and, promise is addictive and replayable multiplayer. And so when you sell Cyberpunk and you say like, yeah, this guy's got really good gameplay and all that kind of stuff, and the story is incredible. This is an RPG, like this is solid. Like that's what you're promising, and I do feel like it delivers on that. Um, a really satisfying experience. It's all dependent on what they're selling. And some some games that say, oh, this is super replayable, they are super replayable. I think where Cyberpunk failed for me in their promising of a story is hundreds of hours of, of uh, gripping gameplay. Yeah, there's a ton of side missions. I don't like most of them. Most of them I thought were boring fetch quests or just run into this place, kill everyone, and leave. I got bored. And I think that the main story was solid. There were a few really good side missions. Um, and then I was done. And uh, that being said, I, I think it's a $40 game from the state that it's in right now. I don't think it's... I think it's a good game. I don't think it's a masterpiece. I don't think it's better than The Witcher or anything like that. But I, th- I think it's all about... It's all game preference, you know? If, if gamer preference, I should say. Like... If uh, if I'm not satisfied with that part of the game, but someone else is, and they think they got their $60 worth or $70 worth or whatever bundle pack they got, more power to you. That's amazing. I'm glad you got your money's worth. It's all just based on your enjoyment. But I, uh, I don't expect a service from mm-hmm. my RPGs. I think that games as a service in an RPG setting is absolutely terrible, and there are multiple examples of why that system does not follow through with RPGs. Yeah. All right. Well, no, I guess. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it goes back to different gamers talking about different games. I mean, literally, it's in our back. I know. Right. It's in our fantastic intro, which you can hear perfectly in its entirety at the beginning of this episode. (laughs) Yeah. And you can hear the other lackluster ones on our channel. Um, (laughs) What is there? Uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. Um. One thing I did want to tell you, if you are going to play it, the driving's not GTA. It's, the driving's okay. Uh, 
that's heartbreaking to hear. Yeah, it's okay. It's yeah. better than a lot of other driving games I played that are open world. A lot better, but it's still rough. Um, a lot of the cars feel slower than they're actually going. Um, like they don't give you that momentum feeling. Um, yeah, like the speed is there, but the acceleration isn't. Yeah, uh, motorcycles are awesome, though. That's the way to go, which okay. is kind of the opposite of GTA for me. Because normally in GTA, it's like if I hop on a high speed motorcycle, I'm going to crash eventually, and I just have to come to terms with that. <laughs> um, but no, in, in in Cyberpunk, that's how the majority of the time that's how I got around, and I think it's mainly because, like I said, I'm really into vanity, and that was the only way I could see my character was yeah. driving on a motorcycle. Yeah, and uh, uh, but I I definitely think the game is worth playing. Wait for a sale. Wait for more updates. It's a really solid game. Okay. All right, all right. Is there any any last minute ideas? Any last minute questions that we should go over? Any last minute thoughts? Um, what I'd like to do, mm-hmm. and I'm not I'm not trying to pressure you into playing it sooner than you'd like. When you do play it, mm-hmm. we're gonna revisit it. In, okay. In a later episode, maybe just for half an episode. Yeah. You know, or something like that. But I want to hear your opinions later. Okay. Like a replay series almost. Ooh, AVP replay. Ooh. 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 Yeah. Drumming up ideas. And then yeah. people are going to be mad at us later. Or like playback. What if we call it playback? Playback? Yeah. Yeah. Or we could call it, uh, oh, and we can make a highlight reel called AVP best plays. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right well i mean i don't know if there's nothing else i think we can wrap this episode up right there and maybe uh hit the seas what do you think yeah this was a very divisive game and uh yeah. i i tried to keep it as like neutral as i could i enjoyed the game that i totally understand why people don't and people want their money back if you played Cyberpunk 2077, let us know what you thought of it. Um, we respond to all of our YouTube comments, um, at least right now. And uh, <laughs> and uh, no, we always will. I'm oh making God. that promise. I'm making that promise right now. We will always reply to every single gonna, one of our YouTube comments. We're gonna have to hire someone. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, let us know what you thought about it in the comments if you're on YouTube. If you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, let us know what you thought at uh, on Twitter at AVP Casting. Um, our Twitter handle did, did change uh, a couple episodes ago. So let us know what you thought. But, uh, yeah, share this with your friends. We, we're trying to get some momentum with this channel, uh, with, this, with this podcast. Uh, we really enjoy doing it and sharing it to your friends is the best way that we can try to get to a larger audience um really it it makes a huge difference yeah absolutely please like share subscribe ring the bell for notifications all right well i think we're uh we're good there goodbye everybody bye everyone